She's the pushy broad from the Bronx, New York. Follow her voice, a straight dog is nice. She's the pushy broad from the Bronx, oh yeah. Don't be surprised if you want to listen twice. Make decisions, find the right choice. Know yourself better, find your own voice. It's okay if you need help today, because everybody needs a little push. From the pushy broad from the Bronx, New Welcome, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart, and I am the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged, with my illustrious co-host, Dr. Pat. How you doing, Doc? I am so excited about this show. You ever know when you need to have a conversation about something, right? And then, you know, I was, I always prep for the show. So I was looking at this, and I was thinking, wow. Boy, are we going to really hit the nail on the proverbial Bronx pizza head. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, unbelievable. I really felt the need to do it, too. You know, especially it's the summer. It's summer romances. It's all this relationship stuff back and forth. And I don't know about you, but all of my recovery clients are in relationships and they're either going well or they're not going so well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean, but so, that's not me. But 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 the part of it is understanding. And what are you calling it for today? Because you know today's show is about relational recovery, and 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 we have a very special guest. Let us tell you about our guest, if we could, because when we talk about something, we need to bring in an expert. So we bring in thought leaders. We bring in people that are in the expert classification, and that's who we have today, Ellen, right? Absolutely. I mean, we talk and we're experts in our field, but we want to bring in a particular expert on a particular topic. So today's episode is about relational recovery and why it's so important. And my guest is going to talk about it. He is a couples counselor by the name of Rick Long. And let me tell you a little bit about Rick. Okay. Rick Long began a career in human services in 1975. He was working with troubled youth and families in the juvenile justice system. This led to a master's degree in social work and then training in addictions and family. So he really understands relational recovery. And then a little later in life, in 2012, he decided that wasn't enough. Okay, so he would continue and get a master's in divinity. And then since then, he's been a consultant and a clinical director at a very prominent site in Tennessee called On-Site Workshops, which is nationally recognized. I know it extremely well. And he also has a private practice at home in Pendleton, Indiana. But what makes him not only an expert in things, but about families and relationships, he's happily married to his wife, Linda. He's got three children. He's got a rescue eight-year-old 90-pound Labrador retriever, which he calls Bear, by the way. And the most important thing that I want to know all about later on after the show is that he's the owner of a pre-loved, he calls it pre-loved, vinyl record store in his hometown. So we want to see what he's got to offer when it comes. Yeah. To and here's what we're going to do, because we're going to get fired up and we're going to roll right through to the half. We're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, I want everybody to think about this relational recovery. What is it? 
Do you know why it's important? And do you understand that when we're talking about couples, it's like Linda has taught me timing is everything. Is that really true? Ellen, let's take a short break. Benny, Jacob, everybody promise we'll be right back. From the push it broad from the Bronx, New York. Are you passionate about impacting social change or working towards anti-racism as a society? Are you willing to deconstruct your innermost thoughts, ideas, and beliefs about racism? Then Inflection Point Podcast, Cultivating Change from the Inside Out is the show for you. Join Anita Russell, Mavis Bauman, and Gail Hunter in open, honest, and deliberate conversations every first and third Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martineemmons.com and make your appointment today. Do you have traits of ADD or ADHD? It can be hard to meet society's expectations of productivity when traditional approaches to time management and organization don't work for your unique brain. You need customized strategies. In the ADHD Self Mastery Podcast with Bonnie Menku, you get concise, actionable solutions to help you modify your approach and achieve your goals. Learn more about Bonnie at thrivewithadd.com. Hi everyone, this is Courtney Cottrell, host of Unapologetically Favorite on Transformation Talk Radio, here to give you some tips on how you can move your life forward if you're feeling stuck by using the GROW model. First, use the letter G to write down the goal that you ultimately want to achieve, whether it's working out one hour a day or working towards a promotion at work. Second, using the letter R, think realistically about the roadblock that is currently holding you back from accomplishing your goals. Third, use the letter O Think about the options or opportunities that will help you in achieving your goal. What can you change in your daily routine that will help you move closer to achieving your goal? Fourth, use the letter W to discover your will and make a true commitment to achieving your goal by writing down a completion date. Once you've reached your goal, celebrate your accomplishment. You are capable of achieving anything you set your mind to. Never give up and keep being unapologetically you. Tune in to Maximum Resilience with me, Kelly Bazzani, your ally for addiction, the first Monday of each month at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join us and engage in this epic journey of how to own your power and change your perception of addiction while we revolutionize the approach that ensures mental health as we address a worldwide epidemic. Take the steps that lead you towards an incredible life of maximum resilience. We do recover. Visit MyResiliencecoach.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one 
who's in early recovery or battling addiction. Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack, and I'm excited to tell you about the latest technology. It is new to this country, and it's just amazing. It's out of Germany. The Healy is state-of-the-art technology for improving and changing the body vibration. I have more information about the Healy on my website, MaryJaneMack.com, or you can call the office at 888-777-4232. Tune into the Dr. Diane Show, where we explore revolutionary expansion of mind, body, and soul every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I bring over 20 years of expertise as a mindset warrior, perspective shifter, and unshakable optimist dedicated to helping you reach your wildest dreams in business, health, performance, and relationships. Join the discussion on the show. Learn more about me, Dr. Diane, and receive a free digital copy of my magazine at naturalnutmeg.com. There isn't a magic pill to creating your healthy lifestyle, yet it doesn't have to be hard or feel impossible. Health works from the inside out, connecting both your body and your mind. Georgette LePage lives and breathes what she teaches, so allow her to be living proof of what can work for you. Connect with her now for a free 30-minute discovery session to see what results you are looking for and how she can help you get them. Visit GeorgetteLePage.com. Are you struggling with truly being happy in life? Do you often question who you really are? I'm Tracy Lynn Wallace, a self-love mentor and life coach who can help you identify and access subconscious blocks to move you into a place of freedom, success, and happiness. Visit inspiredwisdomcoaching.com to sign up for my VIP list and get updates on my exclusive workshops so you can awaken your magic within. That's inspiredwisdomcoaching.com. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center 425-451-0404 or on the web drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. From the pushy broad from the Bronx, New York. Ellen Stewart, the pushy broad from the Bronx, and this cracks Dr. Pat up. I love it. It's the first time I'm airing my theme song on Transformation Talk Network. It's usually on my podcast station. I love it. Thank you so much for doing it for me. I'm so glad to be here today with my good friend, Dr. Pat, and my very longtime old friend, Rick Long, who is a couples counselor and is going to talk to us about a topic that is extremely pertinent today, relational recovery. So first, Rick, 
Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged. How you doing? Hi, Ellen. I'm doing well. Thank you. How about you? We're doing great. Thank you. Let's get right into it. Please tell us what is relational recovery? Well, I think the term is really something that just came together for me. I'm not sure that I've heard it before, but it's primarily just the idea that when we're uh, in recovery from some kind of uh, addiction or trauma, that relationships are key to that and that we've oftentimes neglected the idea that our relationships are truly key to quality recovery. And so my focus has been since early 90s, actually, uh, to talk to, to work with couples and families about their relationships post-recovery from a, an addiction or, or during the course of their sobriety. It's really an important thing, and it comes up with, with couples all the time because people think just getting clean and sober is enough, right, Dr. Pat? That's it. They figured, all right, I'm not drinking, I'm good, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the greatest points of controversy Controversy when you're working with somebody new in sobriety and you say to them, I don't know what you say, but I say to them, okay, like, I'd love to work with you. And here are a few things I'm going to ask of you. There are not many, but one of them is do not enter a relationship at least for a year. And they're like, I'm finding a different sponsor. <laughs> okay, but there's a reason for that. And I think you guys are going to get underneath it. There's a reason for that. Um, look, in the famous Sandra Bullock, 28 days, you had to be able to not kill a plant. Right? <laughs> Take it away. Yeah. Right, right, Rick, let alone have a relationship, right? So talk to us a little bit about why this is so important and why timing is so important to the whole thing. Yeah. So for those who are not in a relationship, uh, uh, in terms of a uh, coupleship or uh, other type of intimate relationship, uh, I agree 100% with the, the wisdom is still don't get into a relationship for a year. Um, try a plant, then a, then a dog first, not a cat, because a cat is much more complicated. Then a cat and then a human, uh, which, as Dr. Pat mentions, a lot of people don't take that in very well. Um, for those who are in a relationship, it's almost imperative that you pick up the ball of the relationship fairly quickly after you've gotten some clean time and early into a recovery program. Uh, I think that has been neglected many times uh, for people to think that alcohol or drug recovery is enough and that a relationship will automatically be better because the problem was the drinking or the drug and it's gone. So why can't we just do this? And that's not been my experience. So, so what kind of things do come up? I mean, sometimes people feel like they're doing two things at once. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, it is two things at once, I think. It really, it really is a combination. And in, in the past, at least I, I'm in recovery, have been almost 40 years now. So I remember back in the 80s when I got sober that they really talked about, you know, you have to prioritize your sobriety first, and that comes before anything else. And if you don't do that, then uh, you're going to be um, 
you're not going to be sober for a long period of time. Well, well, that got translated into a kind of a selfish thing. Like if I, if it's time for me to go to a meeting and the family's having a get together and, you know, I got to go to a meeting, well, the meeting comes first. And ultimately it was the either or piece that really bothered me. Um, you really can do both. And the timing is really, in my opinion, once you're out of detox, you've already started to change. There's no sense in not trying to change things in the course of your recovery, either while you're in an inpatient recovery treatment center or an outpatient recovery center. I've worked in both settings with families in the process of the early stages of treatment and found a fairly good amount of success if people are willing to do some things. What do you think, Dr. Pat? I know you work with a lot of clients as well. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there's a conflict there and that people don't know how to do two things at once, maintain sobriety and have a relationship at the same time? I think they don't understand the importance of either and they don't understand the benefit of what we're talking about. And they certainly don't understand the complex and difficult nature of recovery by itself and then expect whomever they are in a relationship to just get it, right? So look, you're this absolutely is, right. This is not even peeling the onion back, people. This is having, you know, a couple of rotten onions laying in the barrel that you didn't know about. And look, what we're talking about is getting people help on this. Now, I will tell you this. I know what it's like to do both. And I honestly think that if it wasn't for the people that I worked with in my first year or two, I wouldn't even be having this conversation with you both. And, and for them to point out to me, you are having that difficulty because you can't possibly do that fourth step honestly so this is complex but how do we tell people the recovery journey is enough it is multifaceted it is multi-dimensional and i honestly wish that in the halls of aa and i'm just going to say it so send me your email now <laughs> that they would have <laughs> talked about lowest yes. more because when you read about what Lois went through, hello, just Absolutely. saying, just saying, Richard. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. All right. So we're all on the same page here. But, and I want to focus on the person in recovery for a moment, because that's really, really important. The addict experience in relational recovery. So let's talk about some yeah. of the things that are kicking up for, for us, right? When we went, when we were new in recovery way back when, like 150 years ago, thank God. But nevertheless, <laughs> because between us here, we have over a hundred years in recovery, the three of us. Okay. I mean, really, we have like a hundred years in recovery. Um, but how does a person who is new to recovery usually feel about what they've done in their relationship? I mean, what's going on here? Because I know when couples, when somebody comes out of treatment, and I do a lot of work with that, Rick, they're a mess. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the mind of a newly recovered person. Well, 
um, I think it's a, a really good uh, awareness to try to touch base with that part because that's that's oftentimes the block. I think shame, of course, is uh, huge at that point. The shame of getting uh, looking honestly at the, the destruction and the betrayal and all of the things that have gone on in that that during that addict, active addiction. Um, there's defensiveness, of course. Um, you know, there's that sense of uh, I didn't do it on purpose, kind of a place, and and there's certainly a, a part of that. Um, and then there's just no relationship skills available to that, or very few that have been effective. Let's put it that way. And so, with no skill, a covered up sense of uh, ownership of behavior, and then a whole bunch of shame about. It, just leads the uh, the addict very much into a feeling like I don't know what the heck to do. Maybe if I just don't avoid my family and my it'll be okay. So avoidance becomes the strategy. Yeah, avoidance, isolation, right, yeah. Doctor Pat? Don't you find that with some of your clients? Not only do I find it, but here's really the trick. Thing one is to explain to your family and people that are close to you what you are doing in recovery. Why am I saying that? I don't know about you guys, but the hardest thing for me was to tell family members that I would regularly drink with every five o'clock cocktail. No, thank you. Right? I mean, I'm just talking about one thing here. The family, no, thank you. Oh, just one. No, thank you. I'm really, no, no, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. But how about little one? No, no, no. Thank you. Right. No, thank you. Now, what's the difference? Alcohol is common. If you are a crack, cocaine, whatever you want to call it, you know, marijuana, your family doesn't know you're doing that pretty much anyway. So they're not going to say, okay, you want an eight ball? They're not going to do that. Right. So alcohol presents itself with social dilemmas. Don't you think both of you? Rick, don't yeah. you think, don't you find that as one of the biggest couple's problems? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I find with my clients too, and, and here's the thing, and I know there's a big debate about it, but the pushy broad has her stance, okay? I'm really firm <laughs> on this, okay? Firm. If my client is new in recovery and he comes home or she comes home to a house full of liquor, I'm like, get it all out of the house, okay? I don't care if your spouse or your partner can socially drink. I don't care. Socially drink outside of the house with no wine or beer which people don't think is alcohol these days, right? Unless it's vodka or scotch, they think, ah, oh, it's only wine and beer. It's not a big deal, right? <laughs> I know Dr. Pat's cracking up. I can see it, right? It's like not a big deal. You make sure that the family of the people you're coming home to are completely alcohol-free. And mm. one other thing, there's one other thing that I'm adamant about. Every single time there's a party, you know, in the summer, everybody parties, right? And, and, and your friends who care about you and love you turn around and say to you, we know you're new in recovery, so if you like, we'll make it an alcohol-free party. And the recovering addict turns around. You know what the recovering addict says? Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. I don't want to disrupt your life. Right. And my advice to every single client is 
you better darn well disrupt their life. If they are going to make it an alcohol-free party for you, you say, thank you very much. Yeah. 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 I mean, what we're talking about is the addict experience in relational recovery. And it really ties back in, you know, Rick, I want to just hit you up with this. Because first of all, all the ranges of emotion that ones go through, there's not enough time in this show to really get to it. But I think the message for everybody listening, yes, you're going to see people that you know, that are taking the recovery journey, they are going to do some things which don't make sense to you. They're going to have emotions you have never seen before. And you're going to say, honey, you're stressed. Just take a drink. No, don't do that. You're going to see anger show up, right? You're going to see words that can't come out because they can't take their emotions and express it to you. And that's why the three of us know that there are very, very few recovery places that include the family and the partners in what is this coming of age journey for you people about? That's exactly right. You're, you're hit the nail on the head. And that's why that's the kind of work that I do and the kind of work that Rick does. And this is why the addict sometimes feels that there are two people in one body, right, Rick? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very, very um, black and white at that moment. And it takes a while for that thinking to shift, uh, to be able to see the gray areas between things. So it does feel that way. This is two people in here. Sometimes in uh, in our work with couples, we even talk about Ed one and Ed two, and identify the Ed one is the addict and the Ed two is the guy you married, or Sally Sally one and Sally two. Sally one's the addict and Sally two's the one you married. And uh, you want a relationship with Sally two, you don't want a relationship with Sally one. That's so that's so right on. I usually say to my clients, oh, you, you went in Sally one, but you came out Sally 2.0 because you've upgraded yourself. All right. You've learned something new. And the other thing that that is really important, and I know you do this with with your clients all the time. When we're in recovery, there is a language that we learn, right? We speak a certain language. We speak 12-step recovery or we speak smart recovery or, you know, we speak a language that is very different for everybody else to hear. So it's like the family has to learn a brand new language, right, Rick? Exactly. Um, So important to see if family members will buy into their own 12-step recovery just for that very reason to have a language that they can share. Uh, those that do, uh, I have found, really make the most progress in couples therapy. Because everybody's on the same page, right, Dr. Pat? Did your family members support you in that way? Did they oh, go to uh, Al-Anon or uh, uh, Al-Anon? Oh, 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 okay, so let's just, okay, so, <laughs> I, so let me just give you the short version. I was so estranged from my family, period, because let's just talk about the reality of what happens when one enters down the path of, I am so out of control, right? Now, I will say that there was a period in time that I, I attempted to really repair my relationship with my sister, and I did that. But honestly, with you two, it wasn't until I made that commitment that I could bring my stepmom in my life, that I could bring my sister in my life. Now... Here's what I want to say to everybody, and I don't know how Ellen and and Rick are going to explain it. For me, 
That was in 1990. What I didn't know or couldn't anticipate is that my stepmom would die shortly thereafter and my sister within the next three years. But I will tell you this, I do not go to bed at night saying, I wish I would have repaired the damage with my stepmom. I did. I flew her in to come to New Jersey. She sat at Linda's mom's dining room table with all of us. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't know how we talk about that when we come back from break, but you see, we need to say that there is so much more goodness in this than the pain that you need to go through to get there. Exactly. Repairing the guilt. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about what the family and how the family gets involved and what they go through in the process. <laughs> I'll let you two talk about that. Okay. All right. All we're right. Taking another break. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we are not going to be taking any more breaks because both Richard and Ellen, this is what they do. This is how they help people. There is an amazing life. And I am sorry, I'm a broken record. I read the nine step promises the other day on a show. I was told to memorize them in my first week in sobriety with the male sponsor because I actually pretended I was like a guy. That's a hard another story, shaved my head, the whole thing. But he looked at me and he said, I don't even want you to read the book. I need you to memorize these. When we come back, there's not a one-size-fits-all, and you are not all one size. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. From the push it broad from the Bronx, New York. Gain clarity on what is currently happening in your life. Reveal how your past is influencing your life experience. When you find the answers you are most hungry for in your life, you will gain inner peace and outer abundance. Contact Robin Claire to create an achievable plan for your ultimate success at clarity.com. That's C-L-A-R-E dash I-T-Y dot com. Tune in to Spacious Unknowing Network, communing with your soul. With Julio Rose and Jojo Rose. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let your heart beat in the rhythm of your soul. And guide you to new horizons and unlimited, infinite love. Are both your life and mission passing you by? Are you wanting to step into the bigger reason why you're here? I'm Claudia Sam, your Soul Connection Coach and host of the Be Happy Now Show. It's possible to feel good to be you and to never burn out again. Hop on a free 20-minute clarity call with me to explore what life could be like if you could just say yes to yourself without the guilt. Go to ClaudiaSamSoulCoaching.com forward slash yes. From the push it broad from the Bronx, New York. Welcome back, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. I'm Ellen Stewart, 
This is my show, Recovery Recharged, and I'm with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Pat. We're talking to an expert on relational recovery, Rick Long. I want you to know that you can get all kinds of help and information from both of us if you go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and call my 800 number, 800-889-1757. I will connect you with Rick because Rick does a private practice in Indiana. If you're in Indiana, you can take advantage of Rick and you'll you'll call my number and I will give you all of his pertinent information. And you can also book some time with me because I'm still doing some free sessions, okay? So let's get back to this really important topic of relational recovery. And, and in addition to, I was just telling Dr. Pat and Rick on the break about how I really struggled in early recovery and I, and I really had a terrible time with so much anger. I really didn't give a damn about anything I did in the past. And I was I was really upset about being where I was. And if it wasn't for my family participating and going to meetings and understanding my language and working with really good sponsors, I had a male and a female sponsor. I don't think I ever would have changed. And I think I spent 20 years not really understanding what recovery was until I started working in the industry. And one of the people I met was this wonderful man, Rick, who has helped so many people in his life. So let's move on to the family and how important they are. Let's talk about what well, happens Can we tell family. people how to find, how to get to Rick and to get to you all's website? Yes. So Rick actually has contact information for his business. Rick, why don't you give out that number for your Great. business? Absolutely. So uh, feel free to call 765 area code 810-3020. Uh, my office is actually in my home now, uh, but uh, we can start with a phone call. And uh, if you need to send an email, it's rl long so it's two l's r l l o n g 1953 at gmail.com perfect very very good let's talk about the dysfunctional family wreck and codependence and all of that stuff what happens on the family side well it uh, thankfully uh we had some pioneer work done uh, in the late 70s by uh, Sharon Wegscheider Cruz and Virginia Satir. Virginia Satir had done uh, some transformational work with families, and then Sharon brought that into the, the realm of addictions. And she taught us about how families, once there's an addiction, um, there, there's a change in the constellation of the family, wherein the, the primary partner, uh, if it's the husband that's the alcoholic, uh, the wife or partner, becomes co-opted into a very toxic system and cannot actually show up for the other family members, including, uh, quite honestly, the children. So then children begin to take on uh, roles that prop the family system up or divert the attention of the uh, anger and hurt and dysfunction of the family onto themselves rather than onto the alcoholic. And so these are roles that got defined by Sharon back in the late 70s. Uh, the oldest child, oftentimes known as the family hero, who steps in, really gives up their personal life to take care of everybody else. Uh, kind of another 
when we talk about codependency, that's another kind of a definition of it. The second child oftentimes becomes the scapegoat child, uh, the child who does bring all the attention onto themselves and acts out uh, quite a bit. Uh, if there's a third child, there's oftentimes a quieter uh, child that's called the lost child. And in all of those purposes of all of those roles is to numb the pain out for the person playing the role and to prop the family system up so that it still looks okay from the outside. It's really a very in-depth analysis of what goes on. And I, and I, yes, absolutely. And understanding that, that the work that we do is centered around this family disease. And Rick, you have really, you know, detailed it for us because every single member of the family is affected. There is no question. So how do we begin to move towards a healthy relationship? Let's talk about that. Rick? Okay. Um, I, it's oftentimes the best way is to always include uh, the partner in any part of treatment, including the assessment phase. Uh, when I do an assessment, I ask them to bring their partners right from the get-go. The sooner the better, because this is uh, not just an individual disease. It is a relational disease of addiction. And uh, we begin to lay the, the, the relationship format down right there. Oftentimes, of course, we get more information from the partner that comes in uh, from the, uh, for the assessment to be accurate. So right from the get-go, if there's a place in the treatment center or process, and there should be, uh, for couples and or families to come together, that's something that, that absolutely needs to start as soon as possible. Uh, thankfully, some treatment centers still do that that I refer to. Yeah. Uh, but but a lot have gone away by the wayside. Uh, my yeah. first job actually in addictions was at Sierra Tucson as a family therapist. There are still some wonderful places in the country that I also refer to that spend time. And even pre-COVID, they were on on the treatment center facility site, spending a week in treatment with a family counselor and also in tandem with the person in recovery. Um, I find that I have many meetings with family members while I'm working with somebody new in recovery. But it, it is so far reaching and it must continue because even though they have a small amount of family work in the treatment center, it really has to continue with people like you and I. Yeah. What do you think about that, Dr. Pat? I'll tell you what I think about it. I was part of a program called the Coming of Age Program at the Center for Spiritual Living. Monica Sicard, uh, indigenous Lakota tribe, really was the backbone of it. We discovered after the first year of taking these young people through nine months of ritual, building sweat lodges, the whole thing, vision questing on their own. We watched what happened in the disconnect between how these children grew and how their parents didn't. That was the last year ever. And what was built was a parallel path. And it was conditional. If your child is going to do this, you must show up in the adult arena now it's no different than what we're talking about it's really no different and here's the dilemma i want to drop back on both of you i don't know what you think about this but to put the burden on the person that is in recovery to try to take 
every personality in their lives, all the people over and over and over and over again, and explain every aspect of their behavior, what their commitment is, why they can't sit down at dinner because they've got to go to an online meeting. See, isn't that an unrealistic thing to ask them to do? Or am I off? Rick, what do you think? I don't know that it's unrealistic. Uh, I just I just know that it doesn't, for the, for the family member, there has to be a space for them to, to be able to share what it's like if they have to continue to do some heavy lifting for the beginning. So if you, you know, if the, if the alcoholic is explaining all of these things, but it sounds like it's shifting the responsibility for other parts of life back over to the spouse, the spouse is tired, as you well know. And they're, they're like, you know, when do I get a chance? It's always <laughs> been about them, right. you know, and that's a very common a question and and frustration i think for family members particularly spouses yes you're absolutely right and there's one other thing i want to talk to both of you about the other thing that i find when people come back from treatment is that family members are all of a sudden walking on eggshells okay especially when a young person comes back all right because a young person has a relationship with their parents their parents don't want to do anything different they don't want to say anything different god forbid things will will explode right so so how do you deal rick with fam with family members that feel like they have to tread lightly when the when the addict comes home from from treatment well i do talk to them and you're absolutely right that's a very common experience especially with parents um, about what they're trying to do by walking on eggshells is create soft landings, which is exactly what created some of the problems for the addict before they got sober. Soft landings is not what we need as a recovering addict. That doesn't mean you beat them over the head, obviously. Uh, but, you, you know, I oftentimes will say, Walking on eggshells is kind of like trying to be a higher power. You're trying to figure out your 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 uh, alcoholic, your addict needs without really knowing, and so you're trying to be a higher power in many ways here, and that becomes a pop uh, an opportunity to then talk to them about, you know, what is a higher power and what what that means to them as a recovering family member if they choose that. You're absolutely right. And also co coinciding with that, and I'm sure, Pat, you see this all the time, coinciding with that are people that are on the other side waiting for these addicts to come home and thinking, okay, now they went to treatment, they're cured, they're fixed, it's all better, everything's fine, and we can go back to normal. Right, Dr. Pat? Yeah, I, I think that what you just did is you nailed where it starts to really come apart. And I, it really does get back to what Rick was talking about earlier and what he does and what you do, Ellen. You know, there is an intervention for the family that is required. And I, it's kind of old school. I, I, well, I was told it was old school. But whenever there is someone that comes to you and wants to work with you that has a spouse or a close member, I don't know what you all do, but I have the family meeting, Right. And most people that I've talked to recently, they're like, what's the family meeting? And so I think some of this, some of what some of us have learned, I'm afraid it's like many things, it gets lost. Or there's a there's like this strange translation of 
what should you do, what you shouldn't do as a sponsor. Do you see what I'm saying? But we have yeah. got to bring the people in the loop that are in the loop. That's yeah. exactly right. And and Rick, and I want you to comment on this. How many people come to you that you work with with early recovering addicts and you have a family meeting and the family has no idea how much therapy they need? They all think it's about the person in recovery, right? I sit down with the family and I say, okay, so now we're going to work on you. And they're like, what? We don't need any help. We're fine. It's him, right? How could we not get it? So let's try a different question. Let's try the question that we want people to think about. How could we not include people that have been affected by or impacted? How could I, now, I wanna put a caveat on this, but please let me just tell you what it is. You must do this with the help and the mentorship of your sponsor or Ellen, your coach, because timing is everything. It really is. I mean, I don't know about you, Ellen, but how many people have stepped into recovery and they want to tell the whole world? They're telling everybody. They're like, you know, I didn't tell any of my friends till I could talk about it in a way that they could hear it. But this is also to give people tools on how now they can communicate about their journey and when to communicate. Because here's the thing, your close people, they are not looking to how well you're going to talk about yourself. They know you can talk and they know that most of what has come out of your mouth for as long as they've known you is probably not something you can trust. They're looking for behavior, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, I see clients that turn around and they get really upset if the whole world knows. Okay. So, so I am, uh, listen, I am from the school that I think it's really good. You're telling the world you're in recovery. I think that holds a certain amount of accountability. Okay. Because if I tell the world, like when I told the world, I stopped smoking cigarettes, then the whole world was kind of on my case. Like there's no way she's going to pick up a cigarette because I'm looking at her, you know, I'm looking at her and I think it's a really good thing. And I also think it's a really good thing that there are many role models today. Okay. Even through their struggles, like, you know, all the people that have come out openly, all the stars that we all know very well that have come out very openly uh in recovery i think that is a wonderful thing and it's a lot lot better than keeping a secret what do you think dr pat um i think that i follow the marty man model of of how i conduct myself and marty man was a revolutionary and she was a um i'm telling you she didn't follow the books she didn't follow what the guys were saying marty says we need to get on tv we need to talk about this and Marty, Marty pulled away, started her own organization, which is one of the top organizations today, and got on television of What's My Line, where they had to guess which one of the three people are alcoholics. That was Marty Mann. Oh, my God. Did they do that? Yeah, she did it. Oh, my God. Marty, she did it. Marty did it. She, they put her on that TV show where you got the three people and you had to guess which one of the three was the alcoholic or the addict or whatever. Wow. And, of course, they didn't guess her. But she did more to spread the word than anybody could do because everybody was afraid to talk about it. 
Now, I will say this, back then, absolutely, there was a lot to be afraid of. Now, we have got to stop the bleeding. There are more undiagnosed, uncounted people suffering now, right now, after COVID, than ever, ever reported. Exactly, than ever, ever reported. And and since people are going to the doctors all the time and they're testing and they're doing all kinds of things, things are coming to light that have never been there before. And not only that, but, but it's coming in a whole new way because that whole idea of vaping and THC and then all of that stuff is coming to light that has never come there before. And now the work that I do with adolescents and with young adults more than ever is it's okay to, you know, it's okay to smoke a little bit and it's okay to do this and and the states are coming up and with everybody you know having a legalized situation which really does not help the addict at all right dr pat doesn't help well i you know i'm one of these people i'm a little bit on the fence and i'll tell you where i come i come from the fact that if you have just one state in the united states that legalizes something and you have the rest that are incarcerating people where i am is that is just not justice so I am of the nature, if you're going to legalize it for the sake of these people, please let everybody out of jail, right? Yes. Because yes. we know jail is not the remedy for a marijuana charge. No, it's not treatment. Right. There's no question. Legalization is one thing, but an addict is an yeah. addict. And if and you're going to overdo it. Right. And then there's another part, Ellen, and we'll save this for another t- show, Right. Because the bottom line is for some of this, we are entering a world where we put everybody in the same box. And I have to tell you, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had in the past three years with people that wanted people to restart their date because they were using a THC hemp topical product for a serious, serious pain. And I have to tell you, you have to search your soul very deeply as somebody that's got as many years of recovery as the three of us sitting here. And you really have to look at what should one do? Do you really say to somebody, reset your 20 year date because you went and got some topical something, but you did not sign up for the high-powered pain pill. See, this is now the new dilemma, people. You're absolutely right. Okay. And I'm going to bring someone on in a couple of weeks, and we're going to blow that wide open, okay? Absolutely but, blow but that But isn't that open. true? It's because, Richard, right, for you too, see, these are the nuances that we're not talking about with families, right? And a family says, oh, my God, I saw my son's, like, topical what is it called? Dragon ball for his pain. And I got to call the sponsor. And I'm like, oh. Exactly. Or even the CBT oil and all that stuff. Oh. So Rick, so what's happening in that arena? Well, and, and, and because we only have about four minutes left, mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit more about how families can move towards healing. Okay. Let me, let me check. Can you hear me? Okay. Perfectly. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that uh, if families do get involved in these uh, kind of what I call the weeds of recovery, and oftentimes it's just too much for them to be uh, on top of the attic with all kinds of that, 
so trying to give them a sense of boundaries early on and to really be more active in this early sessions, uh, not just a uh, therapist who reflects back, but uh, I tend to be more hands-on, intervention-oriented. So I'm teaching them fairly quickly about boundaries, about how to stay out of certain places, letting sponsors be sponsors and not being the sponsor's sponsor. Uh, you know, and doing work around that is very helpful in the beginning. And the, uh, the other piece of that, I think, for family members is to realize they, if, if they can be heard in their deepest hurt, in their deepest fear, um, I see them relax so much because they're finally being able to, to share their experience and feel like they're not the one that's always having to defer to their, to their addict. Um, and I, that's been a lovely part for me to stay involved. I love to see that turning of the corner when the family member takes that deep breath and says, you know what, I, I get to speak too, but I don't have to be in the weeds to speak. Quite literally. So so now that we're almost done, I want you to leave a really positive message with our listeners. What What would you say to couples that are first beginning to rebuild their relationship? Just some key words to leave us with. Absolutely. Well, it's a, it's a very important time, and I can promise uh, couples, and oftentimes we'll say this, and I use my own relationship with my wife, as a part of that is that you have no idea what uh, what great connection and what greater intimacy you can experience in recovery with each other. Uh, you've really never experienced the kind of trust building and the kind of ability to relax and be with each other until you've gotten this. And so this opportunity that blew the doors off of everything may be the one thing that really will bring you back to a place or create for you for the very first time, a powerful experience of intimacy. Fantastic, Rick. Thank you so much. What do you think, Dr. Pat? Finish us off here. I, I absolutely think that. And I would like to say to everybody that's listening, whether you're in recovery or not, please really think about the question that I learned. I don't know what I don't know. And if you mm. enter the game like that, whether you're in recovery, you are the addict, or and and you know we're we're using this label you are the addict but the three of us have very different perspectives about how we use that label we're using it for the purpose of this show the bottom line is you are an amazing human being you happen to have an addiction you happen to be in recovery but if you enter the game of i don't know what i don't know and so do the people close to you then the world of possibilities opens you're absolutely right. Patience and tolerance and openness, and that gets us through. Thank you so much, both of you. It's been a great show. Yeah. Hey, Rick, one more time. Give out that phone number, would you? And Ellen, please give out your website. Let everybody know how they get a hold of you. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. Uh, 765, area code 810-3020. Terrific, Rick. Pushy Broad from the Bronx.com. People, go take a look. 800 800- 889-1757. I am here for you. This is Ellen Stewart, the pushy broad from the Bronx, saying thanks for listening. And remember, everybody needs a little push. From the pushy broad from the Bronx, New York.